It is the Cowboys bye week, but tonight we'll break down the good, the bad, and the ugly. Six games into the season, here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome to ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember to hit the like button for me as you join the stream Every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. I appreciate you for joining me on a Sunday night. Right now, we are all collectively, I guess, rooting for the Miami Dolphins, who might be about to go down by two scores. So we'll see how that plays out. But tonight, we'll focus on the Cowboys, man. We'll focus on the good, the bad, and the ugly of their 2023 season so far. Because we're not exactly at the half mark. Instead, we are six games into the year. The Cowboys are on a bye. They got a full week of rest. Next time they take the field, they will be doing so against the LA Rams, who suffered a loss today versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Did not see that one coming, but hey, that's the way the Steelers operate. They perform very well as underdogs, so I guess that makes sense in that sense. However, tonight, again, We'll focus on the Cowboys, and I'll open it up to the chat right now, and I'll ask you, what is the good of the Cowboys 2023 season so far? We're going to talk about the bad and the ugly too, but let's start with the positive. What is the good about the Cowboys season so far? Let me know in the chat. In the meantime, let me say hi. Uh, We've got Gregory on the YouTube chat. We've got Katharina at Facebook. We've got DC for life. Alex, shout out to you, sir. Cynthia. We also have uh, Katharina here saying Hertz has eight interceptions total already with the laughing emojis. Uh, Micah Parsons is Gregory. Alex is kicker all the way. Brandon Aubrey is actually a fantastic answer to this question, man. What is the good of the Cowboys so far? We've got a kicker. We've got Micah so far. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my good. Or the Cowboys in 2023. It's simple, but it is true. The defense. I know what you're thinking. They got blasted versus the 49ers. They had a rough game versus the Arizona Cardinals. They haven't been great, you might be thinking. But in fact, they have been pretty great. They have they have had a couple of rough games. You know, in, in San Francisco, nothing went their way, especially in the second half. Check out these numbers. The Cowboys have the third best defense in turnover rate. That is drives that end in a turnover. They are the fourth best in score percentage allowed. That is drives that end in a score from the opponent. And even better, they allow the fourth least red zone trips per game in the league. Now, I'll add a disclaimer here. These numbers are prior to the week seven games. So these are entering week seven. They might have changed slightly with a whole slate of games played today. But this is a good Cowboys defense that when you get deeper into the weeds, it's still as reassuring. 
Uh, the Cowboys are not in the top five in pressure rate six games into the year. And that might be a surprise. It certainly is a surprise to me. But you still see what Micah Parsons can do to any game. Even versus the LA Chargers when he got the one sack until the end of the game, you saw Micah impact the game in a very strong way. You saw the Chargers slide protect every single snap towards Micah or them finding creative answers to mitigate him. And him still getting pressures in because he did get pressures in versus the LA Chargers. In fact, it was eight of them per pro football focus. Maybe he had a quieter game versus San Francisco, but the Cowboys still have the weapons to really generate pressure every single week. And then you look at the back end of the defense. And I know that we've been worried about Trayvon Diggs being out for the year and all that, but Stephon Gilmore quietly having a good year. Now, that does not mean that we don't have concerns about him because I've seen the comments about what Stephon Gilmore has looked like versus uh, speedy receivers. And, you know, he's 33 years old. He's been in the league for a while now. So it's just natural to really see that and, and talk about that. But let me give you some numbers here very quickly because I even though I was surprised about this. Gilmore has allowed the 24th lowest NFL passer rating in the NFL this year. Now, it might sound low, 24, but that is out of 124 qualifying cornerbacks in minimum playing time. Even better, he's allowed a 46.7% completion rate in the league. That is ninth best. So Stephon Gilmore is actually low-key playing pretty good football. He's had some rough moments, I know, uh, but mostly he's playing good football. He's playing, honestly, the kind of football that you want out of such a veteran at this point. So... Yeah, I'm going to go with defense uh, here. I'm going to go with defense for good. I honestly think this unit might have had some rough moments, but I believe this unit is still it moving forward. They are still pretty legit. I do like the answers, though, that are pointing to the kicker. Uh, Brandon Aubrey has been lights out since he joined the Cowboys. Uh, One of the Biggest questions that we had, honestly, entering the year. And he's delivered. Ever since that first field goal, it's been great kick after great kick after great kick. And he's made several long field goals as well. I'm talking about 50-plus yarders. So you got to love that, especially for tight games moving forward. Let's see here. uh, What else do we have? Uh, DC for Life says, This Miami versus Eagles game is like a preview of how our Cowboys game will go. As far as the refs are at the Eagles' house. Flags, flags, flags. People are complaining about the penalties in this game. Uh, will always happen, I believe, in these sort of uh, scenarios. Hopefully the Dolphins, though, fire back soon. Because if the Eagles continue to build on this early lead, they will be able to just run the football all night long. And it's not going to look pretty for Miami. It's not going to look pretty. Uh, so hopefully the Dolphins stay within striking distance And this game is a close one uh, moving forward. Now, let's get to the bat here. Now, listen, bat, ugly. This is where it gets pretty blurry because for some people, the bat might classify as ugly or for others, the ugly might qualify as bad. So I have a feeling that in the next few minutes, some people are going to say one specific thing as the bad thing while others say something else. And then when we get to the ugly, 
those will flip if that makes sense. So basically, I believe we're going to see pretty much the same answers just at a different time, if that makes sense. So let me know in the chat, what is the bad for you at the bye week for the Cowboys? What's been the bad of the 2023 Cowboys season? Let me know in the chat. In the meantime, shout out to TZ on drums who says, like as you enter this room, please, folks. Shout out to TZ for looking out for the show. Uh, shout out to all of you. The bad of this Cowboys season, man, to me, has been, somebody mentioned the flags earlier in the show, to me, the bad has been the penalties. And I'll get to that. But first, Gregory is mentioning Gallup as the bad. That could have been a good answer as well. Uh, he's certainly a concern right now. But I'm going to go with penalties. 46 of them, to be precise. The Cowboys have had 46 penalties. And again, this is entering week six. Entering week six, you're talking about the second most penalties in the NFL. But wait, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, it gets worse. Here's what I mean. Entering week six, entering week seven, excuse me, the Cowboys were number one in the NFL in offsides. It gets uglier. They had nine offsides called against them. You know what number of offsides the second team in the league had? Four. The Cowboys were called for five more penalties than second place the Philadelphia Eagles in this particular foul. Uh, that sucks, man. Because, And I'll get to why in a second here. But it, again, gets worse. Four unnecessary roughness calls. That ranks within the top five of the NFL, to be precise, tied for fourth most. And then you get to false starts, tied for 10th most. So you see what I mean here when I say, okay, the Cowboys are getting called for several types of penalties that have nothing to do with getting bitten. And I've talked about this a lot here on the show. One thing is I got bitten in coverage, so I need to commit pass interference, or I'm getting bidding in pass protection, so I need to commit this foul or verse or in the run game as well. No, these are nothing like that. These are, I'm lining up in the wrong place, or I'm jumping too early, or I'm, you know, being dumb and committing the unnecessary roughness penalty after the whistle blows. That's what frustrates me the most about this whole thing. And the worst thing about it is that it is what? McCarthy's fourth year in Dallas and every single season we've heard about how penalties are a priority. I don't know what exactly that means for Mike McCarthy, but we do know the results have not been there in this area. They've told us again and again, we're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. They have no results to show for it. So that's going to be my bad of the season so far. Uh, some of you here in the chat agree with the penalties. Uh, Alex says, penalties, it's my ugly. So I, I totally get that. And Alex says, McCarthy's playbook is all the way he's bad. Brett says, cannot score in the red zone. TC says, Gallup and Banderesh. Inez says, I agree with penalties. Katharina says, the penalties don't help. And the head coach not keeping track of the clock and calling crappy plays as well. Time management is... Something that could very well go on the ugly side of things. I agree with that. 
Uh, Russell says, I don't know. We don't, I know, I don't know. We don't trade back for Cedric Wilson. Just made a huge play. Yeah, on third and very long, Cedric Wilson stepped up for the Miami Dolphins just now. Hopefully, that results in a touchdown. And an old friend of the Cowboys does us a favor, potentially. We'll see what that looks like in the next few minutes here before halftime. Now, let's get to the ugly. I had to pull off that uh, sound effect at some point. But if I do the actual music, I might get flagged for copyrights or something. So the ugly, we've gone to the good, we've gone to the bad. Now it's time to discuss the ugly of the Cowboys 2023 season so far. To me, it is Mike McCarthy's offense. It has to be. Alex mentioned it as his bad. To me, it's my ugly. And it's my ugly specifically because there are some reasons to be excited about the offense. And that's the players, honestly. I'm excited about... Dak and CD connecting in several ways. I'm excited about Jake Ferguson's upside. I'm excited about the offensive line. I'm excited about the fact that the quick game works. It's just too much quick game, in my opinion, and too static of a quick game. But, man, John Owning put out this tweet uh, earlier in the week after the Chargers game. He tweeted out that the Cowboys were below the NFL average in motion rate in shift rate, but they also sit below the NFL average in bunch formations, you know, when they are bunched together. Empty formations where the quarterback is alone in the backfield. Three-by-one formations. We saw a little bit more of that versus the Chargers, so at least I, I guess that is good. But overall, this year, the Cowboys have not tapped into the tactics that make up a modern offense, and you see it like, we're seeing it right now on Sunday Night Football with the Dolphins and even the Eagles. You see it with the 49ers. You see it with the Kansas City Chiefs. All of these strategies that some way, somehow, should make life easier on the quarterback, on the receivers. The Cowboys are not tapping into any of that. And shout out to Tyler Browning from uh, ADZ Sports, colleague of mine. He's been here on the show before during draft season. He actually noted that the Cowboys are calling for the same amount of bunch plays so far as opposed to what they they had called at this point in the season last year, but that the league average is moving towards a higher number of them and the Cowboys are staying the same spot, basically not moving forward with the NFL. And that's frustrating. That's a little bit frustrating. There are more things to complain about in this particular sense. And one of them that I've talked about, and I included on a video for my Cowboys in Spanish channel, and I hope I can share it with you guys soon too here on the show. Uh, There's one play where the Cowboys are running empty, so no nobody else in the backfield other than Dak Prescott from the shotgun formation, and the Chargers are showing six men at the line of scrimmage. So that's five offensive linemen in pro versus six def- defenders from the Chargers. And the rusher is going to come free because the Cowboys are sliding right. And they're leaving one guy unblocked on the edge. That's fine. You can do that as long as you have a hot route to counterattack that if the rusher comes. And either Brandon Cooks does not run the hot route or it isn't designed or Michael Gallup might have had the hot route, but I find that a little bit 
unlikelier. The point is the Cowboys do not have an answer for that, and it should be a pretty basic answer built into the play, right? That, hey, if we're sliding right and the rusher is free to hit Dak Prescott just like that being unblocked, there needs to be a hot route there. Now, Prescott saves that play, by the way, because he scrambles and moves the chains. That's a beautiful throw. That is a beautiful throw from Tua Tonga-Vailoa, finding Tyreek Hill in the end zone. Absolute dime. And the Dolphins are back in business. 10 to 17 with the extra point. Hopefully, I didn't just jinx it. But, man, that's a, that's a beautiful throw and a beautiful route from Tyreek Hill. Nothing new, honestly. They, they, they've been killing it. Love what they've been doing. Back to the show, though. <laughs> Cowboys offense, man. So static. So, ah, putting the offense in, and the players in difficult spots, in my opinion. And you look at the Chargers game and a whole lot of good came out of it. But how many of the big plays were Dak Prescott scrambling and extending the play and making something out of nothing? C.D. Lamb even praised Prescott's ability as they scrambled to give him some drills. And he appreciated him for that. All good and well, man. But the Cowboys, hopefully get better answers moving forward. And the big question right now is, does the bye week help you in that sense? It should help you, but it all comes down to whether the coaching staff or not is willing to change and to adapt the offense a little bit. Now, ideally, this work would have been done in the offseason, but we'll see if the Cowboys take a massive shift moving forward because they're going to need it. I, I think it's going to be a struggle for the Cowboys to keep winning this way, like if if Dak needs to do everything, if the receivers need to win one-on-one -on -one with no scheme help, if that makes sense, it's going to be a long, long year of inconsistent performances because they're going to get the job done several times and then they're going to have bad, bad games. Think of the Buffalo Bills who absolutely looked awful versus the New England Patriots today. Difference between the Bills and the difference between the Chiefs, other than, you know, Patrick Mahomes being better than Josh Allen, but Josh Allen is still one of the best QBs in the league. The difference between those two is that everything is easy for the Chiefs. Uh, most of it is easy with the way that Andy Reid builds the offense, with the way that they have so many ways to get Travis Kelsey open. And sure, Kelsey, dominant player, future Hall of Famer, arguably or at least in the discussion to be the greatest of all time at his position. But they have all these easy buttons that the Buffalo Bills do not. I think that the Cowboys are closer to being like the Bills than they are to being like the Chiefs. And you want to be more like the Chiefs. That sounds easy. I know it's not, but that's what we mean, man. When we're looking at the lack of motion, the lack of shifts, the lack of three-by-ones, bunch formations, empty formations. We got to see more of that, period. So to recap here very quickly, the good defense, the bad has to be the penalties for me, and then the ugly has to be McCarthy's offense. I'm excited about some of these offensive players. I really am. I'm worried about where Mike McCarthy is going to put them from a position to compete standpoint moving forward. Now. Having said all that, let me get into the comments here very quickly, and then we'll get into a very convenient warning that the NFL sent out uh, before today's games. 
Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Uh, I love it, man. I love Cowboys fans celebrating the Dolphins touchdown. This is where we get together and we root for an AFC team. Uh, hopefully, they do get the W against Philly tonight. Uh, Williams says, touchdown Miami. Same for DC. I saw Katharina was also celebrating the touchdown. So I love Cowboys fans just rallying together and rooting for the for the Dolphins. Gregory says, this is a good answer, man. This is a good one. Gregory says, the ugly has to be Diggs going down for the season. I think that's fair, man. That, that could be fair because the way that I kind of interpreted Trevon Diggs' injury is like, okay, the Cowboys are going to be fine at a cornerback because they run bland. Playing like one of the best cornerbacks in the league, to be honest, he's not only getting the interceptions, he's actually playing very well in coverage. There was this insane play versus the LA Chargers where Justin Herbert runs the keeper and he's rolling right. And Bland is covering the backside shallow route or drag route. And he is there step for step. Like he's playing some sticky man coverage in that play. And he's making plays on the ball. He's really good. And, and he's been a very pleasant surprise. So although we know that hey, the Cowboys are going to be fine with him and then Stephon Gilmore playing on the other side, you get to this point where the thing is what that having Diggs playing there and then Bland at nickel and Gilmore on the other side. Now, that was a luxury. So, sure, you have a very solid group of cornerbacks right now, but you don't have the luxury of having Gilmore and Diggs on each side of the defense. Now, that was crazy. So, I love the fact that the Diggs injury was brought up as an ugly thing because I do agree with that being the case. Russell says, Brian Schottenheimer, as often as to who got fired from the Jets or, or offense, too, says Russell. I think that he's mentioning him as the as he's ugly of the Cowboys so far. Let's see here. Gregory says, "Do you think that Kelsey is better than than uh, Rob Gronkowski?" Man, I I would need the numbers probably, but right now, anecdotally or like off the top of my head, here's my guess. I think that Travis Kelsey, Mike McDaniel, running into the tunnel doesn't get old. Uh, I think that Kelsey probably. Is going to have better career numbers. And I know that Gronk has the playoff moments and everything. But I think that Kelsey has him bid in longevity. And probably numbers and postseason marks included. Especially with maybe, what, two to three at least more seasons with the Chiefs. Because I don't think he's close, reti- uh, close of retirement right now. Uh, so I would take Kelsey on that debate. I think I would. And I love Gronk. This is nothing against Gronk at all. Shorty says, is the shatter for real on Zach Ertz? Your thoughts if it is real? I'm guessing more likely and uh, more likely not so. Uh, <laughs> that's a weird way to put it. I know that I just sounded like Gregory Hirsch on succession. <laughs> if it is to be said, then so it shall. But uh, all kidding aside, no, I don't think Shorty that the Zach Ertz shatter is is real. I think that if the Cowboys end up pulling the trigger on a trade, it's probably going to be something like 
first and foremost, a more valuable position. Now, I don't want to sound like I'm hating on the tight ends or anything like that, but I think they would do it for a cornerback first, or maybe that they would do it for a wide receiver. I'm going to say even a linebacker, and maybe that's not a whole lot of value compared to tight end, but I, you do have a bigger need there. I don't know that the Cowboys are, A, going to pay draft compensation for a tight end, having Jake Ferguson, because I know that they like him. And two, I don't know if they're going to give up as quickly on Luke Schoonmaker as we fans are ready to do. Whether that's right or wrong, that's where my bet would be. I don't think it's going to be real. I don't think it is. Plus, I don't know that I've seen it come from a very reliable source, if I'm being honest. Uh, Jay Brandon here says, Chiefs have a good team. Patrick Mahomes is too good. Jay Brandon, judging by his profile picture, a Chiefs fan, and I appreciate you being here, by the way, Jay. Uh, totally agree, man. The Chiefs are so good. The Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. Maybe the Ravens making a statement to compete in that area. I would still take the Chiefs just because of Mahomes and Andy Reid. But how about the Ravens? The Ravens look pretty pretty good today. Uh, shout out to them. They might be the second best team in the AFC right now. The Bills are not looking like a very well put together team. They're looking like it all hinges on Josh Allen to the next level because that's been the case over the last few years, but it feels like it is even more so in 2023. Ravens are doing some good stuff, and Lamar Jackson playing at an MVP candidate caliber right now. Excited about them, not going to lie. And speaking of, Lions taking a bad L tonight, uh, today, versus the Ravens. So a lot of people were trying to put the Lions above the Cowboys in the NFC. I'm still not so sure about that. To me, the top three is still San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Dallas, whichever order you want that to look like. Russell says, with Evans, we don't need a linebacker. We need a running back. Interesting take right here. Uh, especially since we have not really seen a lot of Rashawn Evans. I wouldn't rule out a linebacker. Here's the thing about the linebacker position. I'm still not sure what to expect with Van Der Esch. Like, is it going to be a four-week absence only? Or is it going to be more than that? We'll see. Double R, I miss you too, my man. He says, boy, I missed you. And salute to Cowboy Nation. I missed y'all guys on Thursday night. Believe me, we didn't have a show. But we're back on the regular schedule, so we'll be live all week long as we gear up for the Rams showdown in week eight. And probably more specifically, the trade deadline. I know Cowboys fans are excited about the trade deadline. If you missed it on Wednesday, we had a show looking at the positions of the Cowboys should upgrade and some trade candidates as well, in case you want to check it out. Weapon says, <laughs> do something for God's sake. I hate seeing the Eagles always improving their team. And there were reports out there that the Eagles were shopping for a safety. And I understand that feeling right here from Weapon Man. The Eagles consistently pull off moves and, mind you, inexpensive moves to get better and better. And sometimes it's frustrating when the Cowboys do not follow that same path. 
which is why we were super excited about Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore and them being these low-risk, high-reward type trades. But now we want to see a little bit more as we inch closer to the deadline because we're here. We know that the Cowboys are good, but we also know that they might not be as good as some of the best teams in the NFL. So you want to see that little upgrade to take the team over the hump, if that makes sense. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on. And before we get out of here, before we get ready for the second half of Sunday night football, there was an interesting memo sent out by the NFL today. And it was basically the league taking aim at the Cowboys and other NFL teams. They sent out a memo about pregame fighting. And if you follow the Cowboys, you know that they were involved in one versus Austin Eckler and the Chargers. They are pretty much taking the field while the Chargers are warming up. They get in the way, a little bit of, you know, some push here, some shoves out there. And then it gets ugly. And it's Massey Smith, Sam Williams, Dorrance Armstrong, and many other players involved. Dan Fowler throws a punch at Austin Eckler. The NFL sends a memo today before the games that basically drove home three points. Point number one, teams must warm up inside their own 45-yard line. Number two, players can be disqualified for actions that happen pregame. As in, if you're down to Fowler and you throw a punch at Austin Eckler, he could have gotten disqualified of that game. And number three, it clarifies that video will be used to determine if a pregame action warrants discipline after the fact. So if an official does not catch the action while it's going on, they can still determine via replay, oh, it was Fowler, let's get him out of here. Now, I do want to clarify, this is not the league changing the rules. These are the rules that were already in place. It was just a reminder slash warning for NFL teams. Football Sivras, who is a must-follow Twitter account, X account, whatever you want to call it, actually tweeted during that Monday night game that officiating crews have jurisdiction over a site 100 minutes before kickoff. So that means whatever happens in warm-ups, whatever happens uh, then, they can disqualify players. I'm guessing they can call a flag that could take effect at a kickoff, but I'm not entirely sure about that one. But they do have jurisdiction. They, they can do stuff about it. Obviously, Cowboys fans saw the memo and the immediate reaction was, oh, so now you're sending the memo. Not last week when it was the 49ers getting into it with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, now, that, that actually, did that happen the same week? That actually did happen the same week. No, I'm thinking about the playoff game versus the Cowboys when they interrupted Brett Maher's whole warm-up routine and everything. So some Cowboys fans took some issue with it. I did want to mention it because I thought it was pretty interesting to see that memo. Again, not a change of rules, but rather a reminder of rules moving forward. And here it is. Shorty says, San Francisco was in one. Nothing was said until Dallas has one. That's exactly what I'm talking about right there. Let him fight, baby, says Gregory. I'm all good with the pregame scuffles, not going to lie. Just don't throw a punch. Don't be, don't, honestly, don't be an idiot and throw a punch at somebody that's wearing a helmet. 
That's my first issue with this whole thing. If you're down to Fowler, what can you gain out of throwing that punch other than punching a helmet? You're not going to hurt the other guy. And then if he's not wearing a helmet and you are wearing a helmet, also do not throw that punch. Basically, don't throw punches ever. If you want to get into it and talk some trash and chop some people, I mean, go ahead and do it. They're, they're grown, man. Builds up the game, hypes up the game. I don't have any problem with any of that. Don't throw a punch. I think that's a very reasonable line to draw. And it sounds like a pretty re- easy and reasonable um, criteria that you can adhere to. I think that even when you get into some heated exchanges, even if you're on a football field, you can be like, all right, I'm not going to punch you. <laughs> I, think, I think they can all be like that. Russell says, hopefully Dallas comes out with a few changes from the bye. Gallup moves down the ladder, move Bland inside and easy outside, says Russell. I don't mind Bland outside. I really don't. I don't mind Bland outside. I'm good with him there. I do wonder about Gallup, and we've talked about Jalen Tolbert here on the show, and is it time to make a change there or not? Week 8 is going to be huge in that sense. Other changes, like just offensively, how much motion are we seeing? How much bunch formation? How much more uh, shifts? If I want looks, all that that we talked about earlier on the show. Hopefully, we do see some changes. Hopefully, we do. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on the show. Do me a favor and hit the like button for me. We are live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. Enjoy the second half of Sunday Night Football. And check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I will see you el día de mañana aquí en primetime. Bye-bye.